Hey there, Film Buds. Welcome back to the Film Buds podcast. I'm your host, Paul. And I'm Lauren. And we are now in uh, our fourth week of... Our fourth week? Yes, our fourth week of Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, it's actually, it's a, a special September. We've got five weeks. Normally this would be when we would wrap up a theme, you know, for, mm-hmm. it's usually about four weeks and it's out. Um, but, uh, no, this is, this is now our second to last one. We're doing another one next week. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's been going really well. I've been enjoying it. Um, dear, how have, how have you been enjoying it, uh, thus far? Oh, it's been a great run. Um, I've been, you know, it's always it's always fun to go down the rabbit hole of of a different culture, and um, you know, experience the the world through the, through a different lens. And so, all of these movies and these directors have been just a lot of fun and really unique perspectives to 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 get to immerse oneself in something new. Um, you know, especially, you know, with with movies like the one that we're going to talk about today, you know, it's very much the the lens is is very obvious of of who it is, you know. Yeah. Um it's people talking about themselves and their own perspectives, you know. No, for sure, absolutely. Uh so, you know, with uh Hispanic Heritage Month, I wanted to to really touch on a lot of different things since we were doing the whole month, you know, not just um an episode in September and an episode in October. And so I decided to really uh, reach out to a lot of different things and, you know, finishing up, you know, some of the Guillermo library, you know, that we we hadn't watched yet was was a good way to go. Uh, I wanted to watch, you know, one of uh, Alfonso's you know, like his big, you know, sort of masterpiece film. Uh, With, you know, Ruben Salazar, just, I thought I wanted to do something documentary. I wanted to bring something interesting forward. And I thought that his story was so particularly interesting. Um, And then with this, uh, with our our film today, Retablo, um, I thought that it was uh, a really interesting opportunity because it's essentially about uh some of the Quechua people uh and it is entirely in the Quechua uh one of the several uh Quechua dialects uh of South America and I thought that it would be really interesting to go and do something that's all about these um this father and this son who sort of uh live in this very particular world um that is you know, a remnant of traditional Southern American, uh, indigenous and folk culture, but also infused with, uh, you know, very like devout Catholicism and that sort of thing. And so I thought that it would be really interesting to go and, and travel down this. I sort of first started hearing about, um, the Quechua people and that sort of thing in college. Um, Mm. and, I found it very, very fascinating, very interesting. Um, did you have any sort of a familiarity with uh, this sort of uh, culture existing still in the world? 
No, no, I was actually going to ask you, um, one, how to pronounce that word, so thank you for that. It's, it's pronounced Quechua, fantastic. Um, it has, it, it's, it's got more, more letters in it than, than my, my sad little English brain could handle. Um, and, uh, and I was going to ask you what, what language they were speaking um, so, you know, two birds, one stone right here and now. I always, I always come, I always come to film buds when I want to know the, the deets <laughs> on, on random things that I didn't know before, you know, and this was one of them for me. Cause, I mean, gosh, I watched that entire movie and was like, no, this definitely isn't Spanish. <laughs> but we're in South America. And <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, wasn't on the level, but that's okay. You know, every every horse crosses the finish line eventually. That's right. You're here now. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness, thank goodness. <laughs> um, but no, so it was a really interesting opportunity. But then um, again, it also goes back to, you know, Catholicism. Retablo is uh, a type of art form that has its roots in um catholic art and um it it doesn't have to be specifically catholic um it it typically just sort of means like a sort of um uh altar piece uh you know that is just above the altar or behind it uh you know typically some sort of large elaborate structure or or um, a paneled door thing or something like that. Copy. Um, okay. uh, so, you know, something like this for, for a particularly ornate example. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess also, but uh, it, it made me, when I saw what they were doing in the movie, think of something else particularly with, um, with Catholic art as well that we'll get into later. Um but I guess without any further ado, we should go ahead and start uh, jumping ahead and, and getting on into this bad boy. What do you think? Yeah, let's let's do it. All right. Um, so for a little bit of more specific background, um, this particular film takes place in Peru, which has the largest population of uh, Quechua people existing. Uh, but the region sort of, or the, the sort of, uh, countries that that region spans, you know, that include Quechua people, uh, includes Bolivia, Ecuador, Argentina, Colombia, and Chile. Um, and they typically do also, a lot of Quechua people do also speak Spanish, some. Um, you know, certainly not all, but a, a good number of them typically are bilingual um, because they usually end up interacting with the Spanish-speaking world. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's a very complicated, uh, history, you know, that goes all the way back to, um, the Incas and that sort of thing. Uh, there's a particular, uh, Quechua dialect, uh, cause that's the other thing. Each of these people also have their different dialects. So, uh, for example, ah, uh, so the Inga people speak Inga Quechua. Okay. which is their particular brand of the Quechua dialect. Okay. Uh, and there is a particular dialect uh, 
that is still spoken today that has its direct links to uh, the Inca language. Copy. Okay. So that's sort of how far back these languages and cultures go. Cool. Um, and they also, of course, are tied to this very particular folk art tradition as well, you know, including things like, uh, you know, elaborate pottery, mm-hmm. uh, weaving, um, but then, of course, the things like the retablos. Um, and so that's a little bit of, uh, of background on that. Uh, concept specifically. Um, Our film, Retablo, came out in 2017. It was directed by Alvaro Delgado Aparicio. Uh, It stars Magali Solier, Amiel Cayo, and Junior Behar. and it was written, of course, by Alvaro Delgado Aparicio and uh, Hector Galvez. And the plot is Segundo Pacar wants to become a master story box maker, just like his father, to carry on with the family legacy. Hmm. Uh, and I guess without any further ado, I'll go ahead and turn it on over to you. Dear, what did you think of Retablo? I thought that this movie was really interesting, um, just just on a lot of different levels. Um, starting out with the the art itself, I guess I'll I'll take the whole bite first. Um, wow, wow! I loved one. I loved the fact that this movie kind of had this almost like Wes Anderson approach to like presenting the retablos to us. That there would be times when we just wouldn't be able to see it until the final reveal when the when the, the people got to see their retablo. It was was finally presented to us, the audience, for the first time, you know? And I think that that's, you know, so such so such a good way of of, of presenting this kind of concept to us. Um and also just the the kind of livelihood that these these people had i really um found it fascinating watching you know these people just live their their day-to-day lives in peru you know um with their kind of like stone houses and like this family lived on like a farm you know they had sheep and and they grew uh, vegetables and things like that but then they also had this this whole you know i guess main business that was the the father's artisan you know his that they would they would sell his art yeah his folk art and i just i just it was you know because um i guess living in living in the states i've lived in you know i've lived in big cities i've never lived really in rural areas before um the 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 furthest i guess out of the city i've ever lived is the suburbs and that's that's where it stops you know, I've never, at least you got to live on farm, town, road, or whatever, you know. <laughs> I, I've never even been that far out. Um, but there really just isn't, like, a lot of, like, farmland like that, like, sweeping farmland in the states that I've lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, so just the, just this, you know, very, very self-sustaining life that these people had and, you know, trying to, trying to I guess dive into this other part of the world and what their day-to-day life is um was just just a fascinating 
journey. Um, and also this movie was just so beautiful as well. The, the story is really impactful and they touch on a lot of interesting topics that you're just not expecting a little movie about art in Peru with the Quechua people to talk about, you know, you're just not expecting it. And I think that that's also just, you know, a total gem as well. And like, obviously not everything that they touch on is like happy, um, a lot of it is, is pretty sad, honestly. It's just, you know, because of where they are economically. Um, but I just, I wasn't, I didn't know where this movie was going to go. And I was intrigued by these characters. And I thought that all the acting was, was phenomenal. And getting to hear this language that I've never heard before was just, um, it kind of reminded me of, of watching, um, oh gosh, the, the Santa one, the Christmas one. Yeah. You know, just getting to completely immerse myself in, in something that was just completely foreign in 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 the best kind of way. No, absolutely. Um, no, I, I, I completely agree with everything you said. Um, I think I didn't necessarily know what to expect going into this movie. Um, I knew, because I read a different plot description than this initially... Um, and I knew that it was about, uh, the, the plot description that I had read earlier, uh, when I initially decided to do this movie had been like, um, oh, you know, uh, a, a boy, uh, and his father deal with, um, like homophobia and masculinity in like rural Peru was kind of like the one of the plots that I had read somewhere online that had sold me on this movie. And I was like, and, okay. And this one was like a father passes on his traits to his son who wants to follow in his footsteps. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's the same, but it's... They're both correct, but... Very different sides of the story are being yeah. addressed here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess it really depends on your audience, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And so that was kind of what I was expecting going into it, whatever that entailed, which, like, obviously it hit that mark, um, you know, mm -hmm. very firmly. But I had nothing else sort of to, to ground myself in um, mm -hmm. with it. I knew a little bit about um, the people and the culture, but not overly much. Um, and so to your point, it was fascinating to see not just how they were living personally, but that in the sort of main town nearest them, um, the main community that they were a part of, um, had a kind of almost like early, you know, American, uh, communities where like the police and the fire department were like things that you sort of paid into, you know, he's talking about how you, ha that's why I like pay in for the, you know, the neighborhood security. You know, and, and mm -hmm. they're wanting to get a few more guys, you know, to cover a few more shifts, you know. And it was so fascinating to see this town operating in such this very particular way. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that also goes back to what you had said earlier at the start of the episode about the importance of authority and authorship, you know, being given to someone familiar with the people, the community, uh, that perspective and being allowed to vocalize that in a fully authentic way. 
And I think that this this movie manages to, through that, end up also being the reason that it creates such a beautiful portrait of, of human emotion and fragility and, and frailty as well. Yeah, you know, it because also I think that movies like this can be very... Um... I guess humanizing as an as a as a as a word, um, you know, connecting as well. Um, our our experiences are 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 all the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess if you really boil it down, it doesn't matter where you come from. You know, we all wake up every day, and we are all affected by the world around us in whatever way that means. And there's, you know, only so many ways of truly experiencing something. That's why film can get it so on the nose of how somebody should react to a certain thing is because we've all been there. We've all reacted like that to something at least once. And so regardless of even knowing the language, I could have probably watched this movie without the subtitles and completely understood what was going on just because of the fact that it was, I was completely connected with it, you know, um... I knew exactly who these characters were, and I, I really enjoyed our our um our main character, um, Segundo. I thought that the, the the kid who played him was was truly phenomenal and I I had never experienced, I guess, this kind of like anger before or like where where it comes from or, you know but watching it here it was it was truly a, a, a fascinating experience to just just watch this this kid like really have a no one to talk to and and b just kind of have to like suck it up a little bit and like he doesn't really want to he starts to have like this rebellious phase out of nowhere because he's because you know one thing triggers him in a negative way and then he just kind of takes it out on the world and it's you know that's it's completely human and normal and natural and um also truly truly sad and i think that you know he comes he comes back around and like i think that that's the lesson like that that everyone needed to learn in the movie that he gets and i think that that's it's just a truly um touching touching film um Honestly, I I keep thinking about this film a lot. Um the fact that they had to to travel out to to some random road to to hail cars that would maybe drive them into town was just crazy to me. The first the first one I thought was like, oh, I was like maybe it was like a, like a like a busing thing like these cars just drive back and forth to pick up people who need to travel from town back and you know back home and then I realized that these were just random people like they were literally hitching and that just that threw me entirely you know um and I was gonna ask about what what culture we were we were talking about specifically because of the the way that they wrapped that they're carried things and like huge you know very very beautiful cloths that um looked very sturdy um but they would like wrap things in their cloths and then they would you know put it around their shoulder and tie it in a knot and just the not even really I guess thinking about it with my my western perspective of what that would what would I do if I didn't have bags 
as an option, you know, or to go so long having something so culturally specific to the point where you're like, I don't need to improve this. We've already got the the best way of doing this here. Yeah. You know, I just, they would just, they would hole those retablos just on their backs, wrapped in cloth, just. In full suit. Yeah, you, this, um, question, I guess, when was this movie supposed to be set? Around modern times, modern enough. I mean, modern enough that they have tourists. Well, yeah, but I guess I assumed that that could be... I was assuming it was close enough to present day. Mm, interesting. Interesting. I mean, because you're thinking... You've got to think about it, you know. You're dealing with ultra, ultra rural communities that are then essentially hitching rides into what is then the equivalent of, like, Peruvian Dayton. Well, yeah, but I guess I was assuming that uh, this movie has a very, um, it could be any time kind yeah. of feeling to it. But I'm assuming that it's it's close enough to modern times. Okay, because it felt pretty timeless, but I, that's why I was thinking, I wasn't thinking, I guess, modern, modern. I wasn't thinking, like, we were in, like, the 50s or something, but no, I was yeah. definitely thinking that, like, this could solidly be some version of, like, the 70s, but, like, Peru's 70s. Perhaps. There was one of the cars that made me feel like it was more recent. Okay, okay, okay. It was you know. a car that I felt like was a giveaway in some sense, but I can't um, remember which one. That's okay. Um, I wasn't looking at the cars um, at all. Oh, God, that, that one scene when they, like, got into the back of that car and on that really bumpy road, and I was like, it's gonna break the retablo! I was, like, so anxious about it. You know, like, they hit a huge pothole literally pulling off. I was like, oh! <laughs> um, no, yeah, just fascinating film uh going back i think one of the things that's so very particular i want to touch on two points uh with this that you brought up you brought up segundo as a character and how interesting he is and his very particular point of view and you also brought up how you could pretty much watch this thing without the subtitles and probably still understand verbatim you know everything that was going on Mm-hmm. I think that they set that up almost perfectly with our introduction to both uh, Noah and Segundo when it's Segundo listing off what everyone was wearing in oh, perfect detail. yeah, 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 yeah. And we're establishing, I think, something really important immediately about Segundo as a character, which is that he is watching closely Mm -hmm. everything you know uh and i think that it's sort of that artist call you know to observe Mm -hmm. especially because he does have to be so observant when he is you know on the clock if you will Mm -hmm. i think that that puts him into a place of being just hyper observant about everything around him and so i think that the reason the movie works so well is because we have so many one, beautiful long takes, and two, such a perfect Lincoln to Segundo's perspective that we regularly and routinely uh, don't have to really wonder, you know, what the emotional dynamics are because he's paying such close attention to everything. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he's so keenly aware. And that's also why he makes his tragic discovery that then starts to set him down this question of, you know, who am I? Am I, am I like my father? How much am I, am I like my father? Am I like this, my friend? Yeah, am I like uh, the, uh, uh, oh God, what was, um, Mardonio? Uh, you know, his like, I'm gonna fuck this chick, you know, like, ultra mask, you know. Yeah, yeah, this, this, But like, it's also a front, you know, he's is. a scared little boy in a lot of ways. It is, it is, it's, it's this kind of, like, again, this movie was very, like, comfortable, but, like, I guess, because also, like, you know, even, even here in the outskirts of Peru, there's still that kind of kid, you know, who, who's, who's gonna be a rapper one day or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> He's going to get out of this town. Well, it's. I think that it's also funny that you mentioned that. One of the thoughts that I had when I was thinking about this movie earlier today was that in a lot of ways, I think that this movie very much touches on all the other movies that we've watched so far this month particularly. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this really uh emotionally heavy you know circumstance that changes all the dynamics of your life hitting you at this tender transitional age Mm -hmm. um the the question of identity and who you are questions of masculinity and love you know and tenderness and um and I think that it's really interesting that that you see so much of the same textures uh, across all of the all of the stuff that we watched uh, this month, really, really culminating very nicely into this movie that was, again, very, very complex, um, very heartbreaking all of the time. Oh my um, gosh! Yes, um, this movie made me made me cry, and you know me, like I'll I'll cry about stuff but movies have to like really hit a hit a chord for me to just be like boo-hooing you know and I just the tears just started to flow in this movie like it really hit some chords you know I think I just this movie is absolutely beautiful I think that you know I think that everybody should watch this film um I'm really glad that I watched this film yeah um one thing that I wanted to touch on with this movie was uh, Catholic art. So, as yes, a, yes, yes, how yes. familiar are you with uh, Catholic art? Uh, um, I guess not very. Um, you know, I guess a lot of like um, medieval art um, and like uh, gothic structures and stuff like that, but not really, I guess, the art form specifically, because I, I didn't grow up Catholic. Mm-hmm. So, um, really just, I guess, I didn't really immerse myself in, 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 in rigid Christian art. That's fair. Uh, I mean, art obviously has a lot of linkage back to religious tradition mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm especially in a Western context. And, I mean, you look at especially the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church spent, you know, years acquiring an incredible collection of art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's why Rome is the way that it is, 
is because of the Catholic Church commissioning uh, and creating all of these. Yes, yes, yes. And the, and the um, they commissioned, like, Leonardo. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and Michelangelo and peoples, you know, all of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to come down and, and paint the, the Sistine Chapel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, no, but, and, uh, to your point, yes, there was the patronage was the system that yes. it was typically yes, referred yes, yes. to as. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. And, um, but uh, when I saw the the retablo, you know, the first thing that I thought very particularly of was um, triptychs, which are a, a, another sort of similar idea conceptually. Um they don't typically have the layers to the same degree, but uh, there are these three-fold panel pieces that have these paintings on the inside, typically. And some of the some of the things that they're housed in are very elaborate, mm-hmm. you know, with all this ornate drawings. And so the the presentation of them and the opening of them really made me think very much of triptychs, which also then, of course, tell their own story. And the ones that he was making for the families sort of tell the story of the family, mm-hmm. you know, with the family's saints, you know, um, and uh, the the image of the family itself, of course, as mm-hmm. well. But then they also had the ones that were in the, the shop that included, you know, the depictions of certain religious scenes, you know, some of them grew uh, pretty graphic and, and grisly and gruesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I... I found that was the the other thing that I found really breathtaking and stunning about this film was the the very particular attention to detail um surrounding the artwork itself um and I I thought that it was really stunningly presented it it has that same sort of um visual satisfactory feel as um watching the toy get repaired in Toy Story 2. Oh, yeah, 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 you yeah. You know, no. there's nothing better than watching a, a, a craftsman at work. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, I mean, you know, to your point, the art is just phenomenal, and you can tell that it takes so much work, and I honestly, you know, again, another thing where I was like, I don't really know how he's getting these materials, and this movie was like, well, just sit back and we'll tell you how he's getting all of these materials, and the fact that, you know, they were growing potatoes in their yard so that they could use some of them to to make the dough that was needed to make the 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 people and the structures of his retablos, and it just this ever, ever unfolding mastery of this this art form and that i really just enjoyed that really simple scene where um the son is trying to make his his own figurines and and (laughs) we don't even get to see what he's doing because that doesn't matter again it's another one of those moments where like we don't get to see the thing because that's not the point of the scene yeah you know the the point of of him meticulously painting the inside of the box is not so that we can see the inside of the box and he what he's painting it's to to see this attention to detail and I loved that that scene of of the son really like you know just kneading his dough as fast as possible and like trying to do you know so quick so you know very very sloppy work and and just watching his dad's face 
try really hard to to like let him make his mistakes and you know and hold back and then there's just this moment where he just goes okay we've hit the it's been too much now and and now I'm going to I'm going to step in and it's just just beautiful and I loved their I loved their connection I loved their um this father son relationship and the fact that it is tested by his as his father's um I mean I, I you we really aren't very specific about whether or not he is like gay but he is has been with men mm-hmm. so um but like you know what is what does that mean in a rural town where like homosexuals are deemed like to to be devils yeah you know and when his battle of what it, what that means for for his relationship with his father and how he feels about his dad especially after they were so they were so close and it's just it's so it's just such a beautiful movie well and it it starts to shake this foundational question in him mm-hmm. you know of, of, of am i do yeah. do i want to have sex with women i don't know you and know because that's also you know that wasn't really what he was focused on no that he, had never been a question for him in his life and then this door gets opened and then he just gets flooded with with all of these what ifs and no one to talk to because the town is steeped in this rigid tradition and also devastatingly um he he loves his mother profoundly dearly but he just isn't that close with her mhm um and so he can't really go and talk to her um, and I think it's also interesting, both of our parents are kind of shown as being, um, afflicted in a way. The, the father, of course, is afflicted with alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And the mother has the, the physical issue of the limp. Mm-hmm. And neither of them are necessarily fully complete people in their lives. Mm-hmm. And in this relationship. Um, and so I think that that's also another really just fascinating element of the film and, just again, I think the the complex layering of it, it's it's just it's really, really incredible stuff. Um and I think that that's also why it does manage to, again, going back to the 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 way that it touches on so many things, is you know, it opens up those doors honestly. And then yeah. it presents through the culture the honest lens of why it's a, a difficult question and a difficult problem for all of our characters involved and how there's really no easy answer to any of it at at, at a certain point. But also I think that the fact that, you know, again, I guess back to the, the universal, the universal, the universality of it. Oh, I was right the first time. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) um, The universality of it is this kind of, you know, I think that everybody is, is, is is tested by the same kind of things, you know. In in this film, it is these people in a rural community being confronted with homosexuality and what that means here. And I think that you could take that story and you can put it anywhere. And I think that that's that's important, you know. It can't just feel like this is somebody else's problem mm-hmm. or whatever because it's it's not a problem. But we need to we need to address the fact that people do think that it is a problem. And we can't just be like, oh, well, it's just people over there. No, the, you know, learning is important. 
And I think that this is a, a great opportunity to to look at something that may be uncomfortable for yeah. sure. and and have an an outlet that is that is safe mm-hmm. to experience this and and also cuz i think that at the end of the day you know if you're not upset that his dad gets beat up then i don't think that this was ever going to be the movie for you yeah i don't think you were ever going to really make it this far yeah <laughs> you know i'm honestly shocked that you made it to that part in the movie yeah. um good on you good on you mate um I I can I could talk about this movie forever, honestly. <laughs> um, for me, and this will be one of the last things that I say before we start to, I guess, wrap up our discussion a little bit here. Um, it also reminded me a little bit of uh, of Mother India. Oh, I think that that's I think that that's totally fair. Um, you know, some of those same dynamics of this rural, you know, isolated family struggling to make it you know, to, to, to do what they need to do to, to survive, to hold it together, to be a family, mm-hmm. to question and, and go through what that means. Um, and for, for, you know, young men to, to grow up and try and figure out who it is that they want to be. Um, I think that ultimately this movie ends however Bitterly, it it does end as well. I will say this, and this is, I guess, truly my final thought, and then I'll ask you what you think of the movie <laughs> uh, as a rating. Um, uh, however bitter it is at the end, uh, and there is plenty of bitterness, I think, at the end, uh, I think that there is also a true sweetness um, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I completely agree, because I think that at the end of the day experiencing tragedy can also inform you know who you are and how you move forward and i think that you know the choices that segundo makes you know breeds better breeds hope yeah there's a there's a real peacefulness at the end yeah yeah you know at the after all of this he he picks it all up and goes all right now this is mine and mm-hmm. it's just it's this beautiful moment and i i completely agree i think that you know it is truly better but mm-hmm. it is bright mm-hmm. at the end uh so if you had to rate it out of five what would you give it i'm giving this movie a five i'm i i said it <laughs> um this this movie like I've I've said countless times, truly, truly touched something deep down in me. Um, I I have thought about this movie a lot since we watched it. Um, and it's just it it was an emotional roller coaster ride, but everything truly was was honest and real, and um, just just breathtaking, just a breathtaking experience. No, I agree with all that. Uh, I think that I'll give it a five as well. Um, it's a uh, incredibly intimate feeling movie, and that makes everything that happens, you know, feel all that more successful, heartbreaking tender 
Um, you know, I, I think that the way that it manages to, to pull off that intimacy just does really just elevate mm-hmm. how profoundly all of those, those punches hit. Um, yeah. Everyone is giving just a truly stellar performance. Um, blown, blown away by the work here, really, um, at every level. And so I definitely think that it's, it's one that if you haven't seen, uh, definitely check it out. Yeah. It's, um, it's 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 great visual storytelling as well for sure just on every level i think this movie is a, is a is a work of art yeah um no truly truly impressive uh moving on uh i guess for our final little bit we'll talk uh about some some stirf uh first things first the trailer came out for a new m night Shyamalan movie uh, knock at the cabin. Is that what it's called? I think so. It's it's some it's oh gosh, Emmanite. You're so bad at naming things. Um, but it's got Jonathan Groff, yeah, and yeah. Dave Bautista, yeah. Um, no, yeah, and Rupert Grint. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Ron Weasley himself. Woo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody. That Ron Weasley is in this. All it right. doesn't yeah, have to be There we there go. We go. <laughs> it doesn't have to be you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, but overall, I thought um, it looked interesting. You know, it, lo- it looked like an M. Night movie. Um, it's M. Night doing a home invasion story. I'm not sure if he's done a home invasion story yet not that i can think of um no no not really he's done he's done some other stuff but i don't think he's really touched home invasion horror yet what did you think of the trailer um gosh i i felt like we saw too much uh i feel like we actually didn't really see that much well i already i think that i guess it i thought that just seeing them inside i felt like just leaving it as this like unknown person and just like dave batista's voice and maybe the hand was like enough you know what i mean i think it's going to be a real question i think the i think that the tease of the movie and the reason that they are allowing us to see them in the house is that it's going to be a game throughout the entire movie of um one, are they going, is there really going to be an apocalypse? Uh, and two, how are we going to either get out of it or subvert the apocalypse? And I think that that's why it's, and I, See, obviously I think there's going to be some sort of big, there has to be an M. Night twist. He's obviously, I think, setting us up for one. Well, I have no idea what the M. Night twist is, I guess. Cause, um, Plot I'll... twist, they're trying to, hear me out, test pharmaceuticals. <laughs> and the only way to do that is 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 on an island that rapidly aged wait i'm getting further from it no, i'm getting no, no, further no. from no, it no, no. um um no i guess what i was gonna say was that i thought that you know we get that like sneak of the person um underneath the hood and i was like that doesn't feel like any of the people that we just saw oh i think i thought that that was the woman with a bag on her head 
Oh, see, I was thinking that this was a thing that they kept doing to people who came to this cabin, that they were just constantly oh. doing this in, like, a loop. Well, maybe that'll be the twist. I Yeah, I was thinking that this was kind of like a Saw thing, where it's like, want to play a game? Mm-hmm. And those who are who hear the call, maybe they've all been survivors from the game. Mm-hmm. Themselves, you know? That's an interesting idea. I mean, who knows? It's M. Night. It could, it could be literally aliens. <laughs> <laughs> For all I know. <laughs> Guys, it's the Surprise Signs sequel. I'm calling it now. It's secretly Signs 2. That's right. That's right. But it also was like, I'm cabin in the woods, but I'm not. Um, it, it, it is very much pulling on um, funny games. That's definitely one of its big inspiration points. Okay. Um, um, I've which you have s- not seen yet. No, I've never seen Funny Games. It's a big inspiration point for us as well. Okay, okay, I get that. Um, I have, yeah, I have no idea where this thing is going to go. I'm sure that it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun time. They all looked like they were on crack cocaine, and that little bit that we saw them, they were all very jittery. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what that means. <laughs> Dave Batista's head had every wrinkle in it. Um, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. He was tense, you know, they, like at, at every bit. M. Night said, all right, I've got the biggest actor in Hollywood. Literally, look at his scale next to everybody else. I'm going to have him shake hands with this tiny little child. It's going to be, it's going to be art to watch his big hand engulf her little hand. <laughs> um, as, a, as a little bit of other news, we don't have the trailer yet. It's coming out, I think, October 6th. Okay. Uh, we're getting our first look at the highly anticipated Chris Pratt starring Super Mario Brothers. No. Yeah. First no. trailer's coming out. We better hear that damn voice. The voice is going to be his regular voice. And I'm calling it now. I'm calling Chris Pratt, talking like Chris Pratt, like he does in everything else that he does. He can't do an accent. I'm pretty confident of that. Because um, he was also in that um, that Disney movie that was just fine um, about the, the magic being out of the magic world. Oh, yeah. Um, where he just talks like himself the entire time. So I'm actually imagining that they're going to be like, they're going to wreck it Ralph this whole thing. Where it's just, it, it's just going to be talking. And it's going to be like, hey, I'm Mario. No, not that Mario. And, and they're going to make a joke out of it. Yeah, that's very, that's very possible. I mean, honestly, they cast Chris Pratt. If they wanted somebody who could do even remotely the least stereotypical um, Italian voice, they probably should have cast somebody Italian. No. Um, Beyond that, the only other thing that I was going to bring up always, of course, is what we've been watching. Um, Uh... Oh, we did watch um, Barbarian. Uh, I'm not sure if we had watched that last time or not. Um, but we did watch Barbarian. It's a great movie if you haven't seen oh, it yet. Oh, right, because we, we, we said that we wouldn't tell anybody yes. what it was about. <clears throat> yes. Yes, that is right. Okay, so the only thing that we watched since then... That is wasn't, Bride of Chucky. Yeah, that wasn't um, Retablo. <laughs> Uh, we've also been watching a little bit of TV uh, here and there. We watched uh, the season finale of Harley Quinn. Uh, of course, season four. Was that really the season finale? Yeah. Oh, man, it's already over. Yeah, and they left you on the cliffhanger. Every time. Every time. Um, Good season. Yeah. 
yeah, I really liked this season a lot. Um, Different. Yeah, but also, um, it totally works. Because I think that the the kind of the whole message about the, the season was like, change happens, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Yeah. No, for sure. And I think that, you know, it's this is this... I, I like the fact that they lean into the the fact that she is a psychi- psychiatrist. You know, they really, like, psych the whole thing up. They're like, all right, you know, sure, she's Harley and she's going to some knock some heads, but she's also going to have random therapy sessions and check in with people. Yeah. You know, but I, I like it. I think that it's, 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 <laughs> I think that it's, it's something that I would have probably written if I could write a, a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I, I did really enjoy it quite a bit. Um, but that's about honestly all that we've been watching. Um, I finished playing The Last of Us Part 1 again. Um. Yes, yes, you did the remastered. It looks phenomenal. Uh, and that's, that's, that's truly all that we've been doing, really. Um, No, yeah. Uh, I guess that's all that I have for, for the dear people. Uh, dear, do you have any, anything that you would like to say to the listeners? Um, things that I want to say to the listeners are as follows. I've got a secret mission for you. It's called... Is it oh. email us a question? It is. It is. How did you, how did you know my secret message? <laughs> it's <laughs> it was... your, it's your usual mission for the people? Well, it's still not working. So I feel like, you know, like learning a script, repetition is key. So if they just keep hearing me say it, then maybe one day. One more dog. We might actually get somebody to, to email us a question. And it doesn't have to be anything crazy you know um just just if you do it then i'll know that you're actually listening to the entire episode and have made it to the end because you will have been the only person to get a gold star today ha yeah. and those those top the 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 gold stars you know uh they don't they don't come easy that's um, right you know it's we're talking like old school school rules where it wasn't just participating got you a gold star you actually had to do some work um so yeah you know um that's my that's my mission to the people Uh, if you don't want to do that that's fine you know whatever we can't be friends but that's fine um (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding um but as always, you know, thank you for listening, and 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 I'll I'll stop badgering you about the fact that nobody does their homework anymore. Yeah. Um. No, but uh, yeah, check out last week's episode if you haven't already. Uh, of course, beyond emailing us at thefilmbudspodcast at gmail dot com, you can of course check us out on Twitter at thefilmbudspodcast uh, and on. Uh, instagram at the film buds podcast on twitter we're actually at film buds um honestly just type type in film buds pretty you'll much find us yeah anywhere and you'll probably be pretty close to it yeah. you made it to here yeah so um but yeah and of course be sure to tune in next week when we do our uh last episode for hispanic heritage month yes 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 and get ready for october it's gonna get spooky y'all Ooh. Uh, thank you guys as always for listening we'll talk to you guys next week bye, bye.